Welcome, welcome to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything from, oh my goodness, security software inventor John McAfee dying in jail. Very sus oh my goodness, to Britney Spears uh, taking the stand at her conservatorship uh, hearing, um, just heartbreaking um, details from that, free Britney. Uh, but also this week, um, we're going to have uh, Gen Z expert Megan Collins of Ryan Seacrest's uh, culture think tank, Kultik, to school us on everything TikTok, Benifer, she even gets deep on Chugi. But first up, some housekeeping. If you like this show, please give it five stars on Apple, write a review, subscribe. It really helps people to find the show. Let's kick off the show with a sketch called Garlic. <laughs> Woman heads down to the basement of the Park Slope Food Co-op. Hi, um, I'm supposed to help you with putting organic stickers on garlic? Great. Sit here. This is the system. Take the bowl. Rub it softly. Not too rough. Put the sticker on it, then put it in the box. Um, okay, kind of weird, but sure. Uh, excuse me? What's weird? Uh, why do you have to rub it softly? Um, anyway, it's fine, it's fine. Um, I'm a new volunteer, and uh, I, I just need to uh, do this shift so I can shop. Um, and, and, you know, really, what you do with garlic is none of my business. Yeah, that's that's not weird. What's, what's strange is that Sylvia, the shift supervisor, sent you here, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I requested to work in vitamins, but yeah, she, you know, she sent me here, so. She's jealous of my produce skills. Did she tell you that? No, I, I don't understand why she would. She used to help me sticker the organic veggies. Now she sends other people to do her dirty work. Oh, I see. Ooh, so look, this is awkward. She, she made it awkward. She took your vitamin shift. You need to tell her fucking face hole. Oh, wait, so listen. 
I don't think being a co-op member means listening to someone's personal or love or I don't know produce problems. So. Oh, so so now I have a produce problem. I'll have you know I made a delicious tomato confit with one of the garlics that I rubbed last night. Oh, I don't think it was delicious because of how you touched it. How do you know? It surrendered to my touch when I peeled it. I have a gift. <laughs> so if you're so gifted, why is your girlfriend jealous? You know, maybe you should just invite her over for some of that to tomato confit. Like, you know, invite her over after shift. Hey, hey, it's uh, it's a complicated relationship. I, I didn't really ask your opinion. Um, you know, that's, that's really inappropriate. I think I think you should probably leave. I don't think you're a good fit for this squad. Uh, what's going on with putting gar with putting stickers on garlic? The folks in food processing are trying to cut the cheese in peace. The, this woman is being inappropriate. Not true. No way. He's telling me about rubbing garlic and how it it surrendered to his touch. Gross. Is that true? It surrendered. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it surrendered all over my pan. Oh, that's hot. I want you to tell me more. It would be my pleasure. Um, should I go work in vitamins right now? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, head upstairs so you can finish your shift. Damn, I should have just gone to Trader Joe's. Let's get into my talk with Megan Collins of Cultique. Welcome. Hello. Um, so Megan, this is amazing. Can you please tell us about yourself? Hi, my name is Megan. I'm a cultural insights analyst at Cultique, where I am an expert in Gen Z and all things TikTok and digital communication. And what we do at Cultique is we are a brand strategy and consultancy agency really looking at culture and um, the conversations that speak to consumers to see where things are headed and help brands authentically connect with consumers and cultures and the audiences that they're trying to reach. Wow, okay. So uh, again, as you said, you're a cultural insights analysis or analyst. Yes. Um, it's a think tank and strategies venture that's under the auspices of Ryan Seacrest's media empire. So um, you, you explained this, um, but like, why do we need a, a think tank for culture? Why is this important? Well, we have a lot of unanswerable questions right now where there's no easy Googleable answer to things like, how should my company respond to um, a incidents of racism at mm -hmm. the corporate level? How should we message this um, show about mental health to make sure that we are being sensitive to 
people in the community, but also really representing what's happening. And so what we really do is we find answers to those questions. And we're really paying attention to culture and reading a lot of whether that's books, articles, listening to podcasts like yours, um, and kind of just saying, what is it that consumers want? What are those through lines and themes? So that, like I said, we can help build those authentic connections and really help. um, There's just so much content and so much messaging and really cut through the clutter and really help people connect as why we need it. And the think tank model really works because we can go and find people who can answer the questions, right? If we're not an expert in something, we can go find someone who is and have a conversation and find those answers. Oh, that's great. So uh, how do you research? So just like you said, books, movies, uh, podcasts, there's so much information out there constantly. We're constantly bombarded with information. So are you the lone uh, shark out there for the Gen Z's? Um, in the, uh, at, at a Kultik or do you work with the team? Definitely not. We have a team. So we have a core team um, and we all have our different areas of expertise. Obviously everyone is very aware of Gen Z and, you know, studying them and looking at them. That is just an area of interest for me. So it has become my specific lane and um, Mm -hmm. my area of expertise, but we have people who specialize in wellness, people who specialize in sustainability and sustainable design, fashion, um, K-pop, it, we really are just a team of people who have varied interests and also background in doing research and finding these answers. And then also, in addition to our core team, we have a broader team that we call our coalition. And so those are people who are kind of um, freelancers that we tap into regularly and we stay a part of a conversation with them. Um, we have a text thread where we just share interesting things, things that we're seeing and people's perspectives on them. And that really helps keep us sharp and keeps us talking about culture and the varying perspectives um, that are happening across the culture. Um, so that, uh, cause I wanted to ask you about your research, um, mm-hmm. process. Um, mm-hmm. but then also one of my questions was, uh, what is the, I was going to save it for last, but I'll ask <laughs> you now, um, you know, what is the group text thread that helps you get through the day? Um, I guess well, on a personal, um, uh, uh, you know, the personal thread and then also the business thread that helps you just, uh, generate ideas constantly. Yeah. So, the business thread is amazing because, you know, pop culture gets a bad rap for being kind of frivolous or um, not really like real, you know, it's very Mm -hmm. contrived. It's not seen as, you know, a kind of academic space, but that we're having academic conversations about all of these things and, you know, kind of high level conversations about what can these things tell us about people? That's, those are the deeper truths. So yes, we can say everyone's obsessed with gossip and everyone's obsessed with Benefer being back together. But right. what, do, what is the deeper meaning there? People are going back to something that is a time um, when things were less complicated, right? The nostalgia of when celebrities were like Benefer and it was all about the power couples and it was just fun and not so much right. scandals and trauma and you know someone's getting sued. And so you can talk about these things on the surface or you can go in that deeper level. And that's what really what we do. Um, and that's really helpful for our clients who are, are creating media to be consumed in this way because they are also creating art, right? And they wanna make sure that in addition to going viral and being seen, that mm-hmm. they are connecting with an audience who it's going to have that deeper meaning for. Um, and then what's getting me through the workday on a personal um, note, I have a group thread with 
with my friends where we discuss the ins and outs of Taylor Swift, what we call the TCU, Taylor, Taylor Swift Cinematic Universe, uh-huh. um, all, of the, <laughs> all of her little Easter eggs, the um, little, you know, things that she hides for fans, the various conspiracy theories that are floating around on TikTok. Um, we discussed what's, what's one conspiracy about T Swift that is uh, circulating these so days. One of, one of the conspiracies about Taylor Swift that's circulating right now is um, that there is a third album in the um, kind of folklore evermore um, space that there will be a third one kind of in the similar because she's an artist who's known for having eras, right? She creates right. aesthetic eras for every single project she does. And this is kind of one era, but there's all these little Easter eggs that there might be a third album, that this is a trilogy. And so that's one thing that there's constantly like, wait, someone will come and say, I think I found a clue. And because mm-hmm. Taylor has done this throughout her whole career, I started listening to Taylor Swift when I was like 16. Yeah. We've been trained as fans to look for these things, right? We know that they're not meaningless because she's putting them there on purpose. So it's kind of a game. Um, and that is really fun, but also helps me stay sharp for work because it is cultural analysis, but it's cultural analysis that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. My coworker, Kirsten Manda, and I are both on that thread with a few of my friends who I don't work with, who are just also huge Taylor Swift fans. And we're going to get to bring that to work on the Cultique Instagram. We're going to start talking about Taylor Swift and the impact she's had on the music industry and now the next generation with Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I guess there's so many ideas, so many (laughs) thoughts that are swirling in my mind Um, because Taylor's been silent for uh, like a few weeks now. I haven't really heard from her. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything on the news. So like, are are you getting these, these, um, these Easter eggs, like just from her random posts every now and then? So yes and no. So she recently released um, a remix a 90s trend remix um Uh i haven't seen any conspiracies conspiracy conspiracy theories tied to that specifically but really this is something that fans are constantly engaging with um and in fact when taylor is silent i think that that leads people to go back and see what can we dig up that we haven't second look it's kind of like let's play with the toys we already have since mom won't buy us a new one (laughs) and so it's kind of like the less is more strategy Mm -hmm. works for her Yes. Um, beyond, I mean, Beyonce does that. She's been doing that for years. Like she'll drop, you know, some Easter eggs and and the beehive um, yep. react to it. Uh, so it's not something new, but, but yeah, it works. It's it a strategy work. that works even as our, our technology is constantly evolving. So your research, um, you, it runs the gamut of, of everything media, but like, what is sort of like your go-to? So like, what is, what's your day like? Every day is different depending on what project I'm working on because it's a project by project basis. Mm -hmm. But typically um, I start my day around 930, catch up on emails. It's really not like super different from any other job, except I have to build in these periods of time to do things that might not not seem like work. Mm -hmm. Like I have a TikTok power hour where I go through and (laughs) I- It's time to TikTok. I set it. I set a timer and Uh I sit on TikTok for one hour and specifically interact with content related to Gen Z and what they're doing. Um, so the algorithm actually thinks that I'm a Gen Z because yes. I get a lot of stuff around um, college classes and you know having to be on Zoom classes. And then I take all of that and I organize it based on themes that I'm seeing. And so, so you're this- you're a millennial interloper. Um, yes. 
spying on the Gen Zers? <laughs> not so much spying <laughs> as um, observing. Yes, I, I wanted that, to make it more sin- sinister than it is. Okay, I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't want them to think I'm, you know, reporting back and trying to <laughs> sabotage them. It's actually quite the opposite. I want to. I really want to make sure that they're understood because I think that so much of it boils down to getting clicks and getting people interested and, you know, what is the headline that's going to grab attention. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the deeper meaning behind the things that Gen Z is saying and doing is lost in that. And it kind of explaining the generation to older generations. Um, And so I always try to really just represent their perspective. Like, yes, I can tell you who's their latest obsession and what the latest slang terms are, but really I want to have the deeper conversation about why and what is their worldview? Because they have a really profound worldview already at such a young age. And I think it's really important and it's going to be hugely impactful for the future of humanity. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And they've had to endure so much and just, um, I don't even just, just uh, with Trump and then with Corona, um, there's so much uh, trauma in just a, a short amount of time. And uh, the way that they receive information is completely different than the way I did, the, mm-hmm. the way I do and the, and the mm-hmm. way I, I've, I've, I have in the past. So, um, and that's one of the things that you were talking about is TikTok, your TikTok power hour. So <laughs> in that TikTok power hour, you, um, you've been able to forecast musical trends too. Um, so you're, you have, um, discovered, um, through forecasting that like TikTok you've, you've, um, forecasted TikTok's influence on the music scene. So TikTok has proven to be a critical platform that artists, um, are using, uh, they're including it into their rotation for song distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, um, I, cause I love Megan the stallion. I love <laughs> yeah. Megan the stallion. I think she's a genius, uh, in TikTok in the TikTok world. I, um, also love, uh, Lil Nas X and the little mm-hmm. Nas X has more fun with it. I think, mm-hmm. um, he does his own, um, I, he takes his songs and creates, um, short videos out of that. I love that. Um, Megan just, um, she does what, what you, um, have described is like, she centers her hooks, um, mm-hmm. to fit within like the 15, 60 second time restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, she creates a dance and the challenge, and then, um, it becomes something yep. more. Yep. Right. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah. I think TikTok is really interesting because, and everyone's asking, you know, how is this going to change the music industry? But Mm -hmm. I don't think it's TikTok so much as it's Gen Z and TikTok is just kind of the tool that they're using. Um, We've already seen based on technology, kind of a move from albums to individual songs, right? Mm -hmm. And now we're even seeing a shift even from individual songs to like hooks and bridges and just that little part of the song that you can't get out of your head. Right. Um, But that really is only applicable for when we're talking about singles and lead singles and things that need to chart on the billboard charts. And so that's kind of, I think of it as like a commercial for the bigger project. Right. Mm -hmm. And what artists are doing is they're, they're very smart about, and even what we're talking about Taylor Swift in the process of making music, she's embedding marketing materials. And that's kind of what we're seeing with music and TikTok as well, that it is part of embedding those marketing materials. Wow. Because you can sample a song, right, on TikTok and see, does my audience like this? Are they making music to it? Is it working? And if it is, you're like, okay, we're going to go with that one because it's working really well for the song. Um, and it's not so much... Um, 
it's not as much of a capitalist, like I want to make sure this is a huge hit so much as it is just an extension of artists having that conversation with their fans. It used to be artists went away and created music, Mm -hmm. came back and showed it to us. And now it's a conversation, right? It's, we really like this. We're making remixes. We made up this dance. And then the person who made the dance gets put in the music video. And so TikTok and it's, influence on the music scene, I think is really indicative of this new relationship between artists and fans, that it's going to be less one-sided and more of a conversation. And we'll see that um, with everything that Gen Z does, that it'll be more of a conversation and less of a top-down, I am just giving you things to consume. Right. It's a conversation, but then at the same time, it's, um, I guess, a call and response. Yes. Um, So it's a call and response but it's not necessarily like me looking at you in person. It's, it's still within, um, there's a boundary there. There's a screen Mm -hmm. there's, you know, it's socially distant. Um, (laughs) It's parasocial. That's what we call it. It's a parasocial relationship. Parasocial. Okay. And you know, it's really, this is kind of new territory, but I think parasocial relationships are very clearly defined as one-sided relationships obviously it's like an influencer or celebrity you're very familiar with them they have no idea who you are yeah however i think what's happening is that the fandom as a whole is developing a personality right you can talk about the navy the rihanna fans as being a certain way the beehive is being a certain way the swifties is being a certain way and so artists are now building relationships with their fans, not so much on an individual, on an individual level. Yes. As they always have meet and greets and like super fans, but also the fandom as a whole is now taking on a personality and there's a relationship that is dynamic being created and customized between each artist and their fandom. Okay. All right. This is all very fascinating (laughs) stuff. Um, so going back to Megan, the stallion, um, you know, Mm -hmm. Captain Hook was really successful that had a specific dance. Um, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that with like thought shit um, and the hook (laughs) is like hands on my knees, shaking ass on my thought shit. (laughs) And it's very um, earwormy, stuck in stuck in your mind. But like there doesn't seem to be a clear dance move or maybe it's still early. Like um, are, are these dance moves like I'm, I'm thinking back to Captain Hook and the um like I I don't I don't remember all the choreography I I can't do it but like um is that a trend that it's like there's not necessarily a dance move to it or is it something that will generate over time it, did Captain Hook uh dance moves generate over time or like um body yaddy yaddy that one like did that come about over time or was that like something that maybe Megan's people created like how did that happen and how does it happen I would have dance crazes I would have to look into that to specifically let let you know about those ones and what happened but Uh I think to go back to your call and response what I'm seeing is the song is the call and then the response is what dance are you going to create with this right yeah and so we're waiting and seeing this song just dropped and we'll see um, who creates the dance and what takes off what people gravitate towards what the fandom decides like okay this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna choose to support by like engaging with this content remaking this video um but I think you're hitting on a really important point of interacting with Gen Z or anybody who or any audience that's on a Gen Z dominant platform like TikTok of 
you can't be overly prescriptive. Um, mm-hmm. So you talk about how there's not a clear dance. Like she didn't give a dance. Like this is exactly what you do. Yeah. But Drake did in something like um, when he did that song, left foot up, right foot. Oh, slide. yes. 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 And people were like, that's cringy because Ooh. as much as it's as much as it's a great song and Drake knows how to make an earworm, a bop, a meme. He knows how to do that. He just went He's too an hard. internet genius. He is an internet genius. He went too hard. His millennial was showing. He's like, Ooh. I'm going to go viral on TikTok. His millennial was showing. <laughs> oh my God, Megan. I don't know. I'm going to start beef with Drake. Yeah. Well, but, that's a great quote. Okay. <laughs> Your millennial is showing. Yes. Yes. He got a little chuggy with that dance r- routine and people okay. obviously did it. He was early to the trend. And I think Gen Z appreciated like he's making music for TikTok. And we love that. Even if we're not hundred percent aligned with this exact dance or like how hard he's trying. We love that he's making music for the platform. Whereas I think what Megan and her team have done incredibly well is just give people the tools and say, you play with them, do what you will, and we'll follow your lead. And we love to see what you're going to create. Yes. Okay. And uh, so on to Chugi. Um, <laughs> there's a, a fun Instagram account called Chug Life for great chuggy examples. Um, <laughs> even though it seems Instagram itself is now kind of chuggy too. I, yes. I rock with Instagram. I fuck with Instagram. Um, do you? Yes. So I think millennials should be chuggy. If you're not, yes. if you're not chuggy, you're Preach. trying, you're trying too hard to <laughs> be a Gen Z or a hipster in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's kind of just make fun of yourself on this is, this is aging. This is what happens. A new generation has been anointed. Okay. Um, and I hope that <laughs> we can do it gracefully and just let them have the title. <laughs> oh, wow. So yes. Okay. Cause uh, there's another quote that I love that you said is mm-hmm. um, the catch 22 is that to care about being chuggy or basic is in itself chuggy or basic. Yes. Yes. And chuggy, for those who don't know, was this term that originated um, on, well, it did not originate. It was popularized on TikTok um, Mm -hmm. for after a creator made a video saying, I've seen a lot of you saying like that's so millennial or that's so this or millennial culture. The word you're looking for is chuggy. And um, she's like, my friend explained this to me. It means this. And it's it's like some blonde woman. I I don't remember her name. Yes. Uh And it was a tied to a specific aesthetic that is very millennial. You know, the bridesmaid font, millennial pink, um, Mm -hmm. all of the things that you will see on the Chug Life account. The thing is, that's fine, right? Like that's kind of what happens when you get older. Teenagers don't. And we're back. Oh <laughs> and, no. <laughs> and um, I think what really happened with that is to my point about clickbait and people just enjoying like, you know, what is the most salacious thing we can say about Gen Z? It was like, Gen Z is calling millennials chuggy and kind of took on a life of its own. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of like outsized how much Gen Z was actually using this term. It actually didn't even have a chance to catch on with Gen Z um, before it was being reported on as if like Gen Z is doing this en masse. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was still an interesting moment to examine culture and kind of the ways that we talk about Gen Z and how we explain this generation to older generations in a way that is not so much a generational war <laughs> yeah. or like, you know, but and also not belittling Gen Z. And I think that a lot of the Gen Z reporters do a really good job of that, of kind of saying like, this is a generation you should be paying attention to. And this is kind of 
how they think, why they think. Um, the problem is they're often talking to an older audience. So then you end up having that bit of disconnect of not really understanding. Yeah. Um, but Chugi ultimately is not really that much of a thing among Gen Z. It's more of a, I think it's a millennials projecting onto themselves, their insecurities <laughs> about going out of style. And because we've lived in a culture of chasing trends, right? Especially right. millennials, I think have lived in a, you have to be the next big thing, the next big app, you have to be an early adopter and influencer. So it makes sense that this generation would have a lot of anxieties about being told that they're not as marketable or valuable as they once were. So going back to uh, Benefer, mm-hmm. you were, you mentioned, you hit on something, um, nostalgia. Yeah. So you know, I remember Benefer. I survived Benefer, <laughs> right? Um, what what does Benefer mean to a Gen Z or like what does that mean to that to that kind of person? Um, and and why? Like and and because also like uh, one of my friends uh, from BuzzFeed, uh, she was uh, recently on my show. Um, my uh, bestie Alexis Torado, she says that it was totally generated by their people. They got them back together somehow. Um, I was like, are you? You know, I thought maybe it was like kind of like a handshake deal. She was like, no, they're definitely like hooking up. Um, but it, this <laughs> is part of um, some kind of scheme in a way. Mm-hmm. So um why and and her idea is that like you know Ben needs to be with an A-lister. Um so does Jen or JLo, but JLo also um is in a way it's like kind of like a grunge uh uh thing like where she's like a uh, grudge I mean where mm-hmm. she's getting back at Ben mm-hmm. but not Ben sorry well, kind of Ben but yeah Aaron <laughs> I mean Ben, like, um, Ben Affleck wasn't into her and he was actually like embarrassed by the whole Benefer stuff in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. back in, you know, whenever the early aughts, when they, when they were in a relationship, but now they're together. I, I just find it very disorienting. Um, <laughs> I, I just like, I'm like, why, why are you doing mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And then why am I, why do I care? Like I'm clicking on, on them, like um, scamming in front of her kids <laughs> in at a Malibu, like at Nobu or something. Like, why do I care? Why does a Gen Z or care? Um, Cause JLo is very smart. She's a great marketer. Yeah. She's also a genius, but like, um, and she's two generations away from, she's a Gen Xer. So um, again, I guess this is, I don't know if this is a question or <laughs> if this is just a rant of mine. Um, why, why Benefer right now? And, and, and how do the young kids um, find her? Like, what do they think? I, about don't all think this? I don't think that they are aware and not because they don't know who they are. I think they just don't really care. And so she's I, not doing it for the Gen X, the Gen Zers. I think she is in terms of who she is as an artist and an icon, but not so much her personal life. And they don't remember Benefer 1.0. This is, this is like not super interesting to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much a nostalgia thing for millennials who remember, you know, the first time. Yes. Um, but I, I would agree that it definitely seems PR, but I think people don't care. I think that's part of the interest is that um, we kind of are in this er- this time where people know that celebrity is super contrived and super fake, but they still get a lot of enjoyment and entertainment of- out of it. You see accounts like Dumois, which is all about kind of the machinations behind the celebrity press machines and like mm-hmm. 
who, what's set up, what's real, what's the real gossip, what's about to drop, how the press, um, how their press teams manipulate the press cycle. Mm -hmm. And so people are interested in kind of the meta narrative, I think, around celebrity and fame, more so than what is going on with Ben and Jen. But like, why does this make sense from a PR standpoint for Ben and Jen, kind of what you're articulating? I think that's why people are interested. Wow, because also what's happening, um, also disorienting, is that um, recently, and no one knows, it, they think he's apartment hunting, but A-Rod, going back to A-Rod, he has been in and out of Katie Holmes's apartment building. And so people are like, oh my God, is this happening? Because she was in a relationship, now she's not. So she's single, she's available, he is available. Um, again, it's it's it plays into our sense of... Um, of shipping people. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that happening. Then Angelina Jolie, another Gen, Gen Xer, these Gen Xers, these, uh, <laughs> they're, I don't know what they're doing, but Gen Xer, uh, Angelina Jolie has been seen in and out of her ex-husband, Johnny Lee Miller's apartment in Brooklyn. So this is happening too. Uh, I feel like there was another um, like weird um, mashup that happened like, um, another, another like unexpected coupling. Um, but I, I, I can't think off the top, like recently, I don't know if you, if you know, but, uh, but I wonder if it's born out of, out of Benefer has anything like, Oh, she's on to something with this. Oh, definitely. I didn't think about that, but definitely. Also, I am very into astrology. So this is not my professional analyst opinion. This is Megan, the astrologist's opinion, but yes, re Mercury retrograde was supposed to be a time of people coming back from the past. Ooh. And yes. And so that has been a huge discussion. And I would say even what I, when I have seen Gen Z talking about um, Benefer, it has been as an example for this mercury retrograde oh and it, <laughs> and that's ending soon that's going to be yes. over like towards on the, the 22nd month, the 22nd so they have the you know she has this amount of time she has uh however many days to get it together uh and then uh i don't know drop ben affleck's ass because it's kind <laughs> of it's kind of a mess which is also why i find it all disorienting so my last question is mm -hmm. you know i know there's a lot of talk about um 19 year old emma chamberlain yes. uh, as the face of gen z um mm -hmm. because she doesn't make her life seem aspirational um she doesn't like over promise in um whatever she puts out online and uh, so so in your opinion and um, who are the, the black, Latin, Asian, um, uh, you know, uh, Native, Native American, uh, you know, Gen Z icons out there? Is, is there someone in particular um, that's that's out there that's fun to check out? Not just, you know, Emma, which is very cool. Props to Emma. But is, are there <laughs> others out there? BIPOC? Oh, yeah, tons. And I would have to, like, go go through all of my subscribers and links to like give you a representative list, which I'm happy to do. But off of the top of my head, I would say people who are especially kind of popping in the same way that Emma is, but maybe aren't getting as many brand deals or as much attention. Mm -hmm. um, I would say like Bretman Rock has gotten, um, he was on a MTV show recently and I loved his AD tour um, on oh, YouTube. Definitely cool. recommend checking that out. I would also say that uh, Ricky Thompson is another person to check out. He is definitely a voice among Gen Z, especially YouTubers and kind of 
social media people as someone who is very um, kind of boundary breaking, I think, but he's also exists within those same circles. Like I would say he'd probably be at a party with Emma Chamberlain. Um, also, who else would I say? I follow a lot of really small creators, to be completely honest, on TikTok who I don't know their names. I just know their handles. Um, What's your, who's your favorite? On TikTok? Mm-hmm. It kind of varies. There's this one woman who's an astrologer. Let me pull her up. Who Love astrology. Yeah, she just combines kind of comedy and, and astrology in a way that really resonates and also is just always very spot on. I've my entire astrological education has basically <laughs> is thanks to her through her TikToks pretty much. Um also these are what's, more what's like her name? I'm I'm looking for it. Oh, also okay. um I've been you know I'm a huge proponent of you don't have to be a Gen Z to have a Gen Z sensibility. So someone who I would say is Z Way. I don't know if you've been watching Love her show on Showtime. Yeah. But I think that the way that she talks about everything essentially is just so aligned with the Gen Z perspective and kind of accountability culture. It's not so much about canceling people or calling people out or making them look stupid, but about getting them to understand where she's coming from. Calling Um, people in. Yes. Calling people in. Her name is Witty Indy. So it's W-I-T-T-I period I-N-D-I on it. Cool. Her name is Indigo. (laughs) Indigo. Witty Indy. Witty Indy. Yes. Cool. All right. So I'll check her out. Thank you so much, Megan Collins. Thank Uh, you for having me. This was amazing. Yes. This was amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much. I love the show. Thank you. Bye. Hey, Sean. Hey, Colette. Hey, let's play a game. All right, let's do it. All right, so this game is called Guess That Show. It's complicated edition. All right. So there are some weird out, you know, there's some weird shows that have come out in the past month or so um, and into the summer. And uh, I want to quiz you on what you know. All right, let's do it. All right. And the rules are simple. These log lines are ripped from IMDb. You have to guess. Ripped. Ripped. Ripped for her pleasure. Um, You have to try to guess which show they come from. Sure. Is it multiple choice or I just have to guess? You just just have to guess. Just go for it. Wow. All right. Um, You know, there are, of course, no winners here. I will still love and admire you no matter what happens. Okay. It's good to know. Yeah. It's very important. Okay. Number one, Blank is an American dark comedy television series created by Valerie Armstrong, who also serves as an executive producer. It follows Allison McRoberts, a sitcom wife, 
played by Annie Murphy, who escapes oh, her yeah. confines yeah, and becomes we've, the lead of her own life. We've been we've been watching. That's uh, Kev can go f himself. Kevin can go fuck himself. Yes. Yes. All right. We're on episode that that hard. two or three. So 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 you made a quiz about shows that we watch together. Um, it's called it's a complicated edition. Okay. Guess that show. It's complicated. What's complicated edition. about it? Well, these are all like very complicated characters. Okay. Number two. A woman struggling in her life as a quietly tortured housewife finds an unconventional path to power through an unlikely source. The world of aerobics. Oh, that's physical. That's another show that we watch. This is not complicated. I get that the characters are complicated. Yes. I get why that that. But like, we literally watch these shows together. Like, you, you thought I just forgot. Like, well, what do you think of them so far? The shows. Yeah. I I enjoy them. I really like physical. Yeah, I like physical. I like yeah. I like Kev too. Um, I'm more uh, into physical. But uh, it's kind of hard to like her. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, both of them. They're both not likable, but... Well, uh, Annie Murphy's character, I think, is likable. Yeah. The, the other one's just so hateful. But anyway, let's go on. Number three. I definitely recommend going to check check them out. Check them out. I mean, um, like, in, sure. in Kevin, she's so, like, mistreated. It's like... You, you get why she acts the way she does, but yes. then she's not likable. Like when she goes to like her old diner fling, that guy. Oh yeah, and he's so and cool. He's nice. like a really nice guy. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you like bailed on me. You're not that cool. Yeah, she was shitty to him. Yeah, I actually like the woman in physical better. Wow, wow, wow. But okay. anyways. All right, nice. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it. But let's let's go on number three. Blank. This is gonna get harder. Blank. Okay. Follows real life singles as they sport elaborate makeup and prosthetics to put true blind date chemistry to the test. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard about this one. Isn't it just called like blind date or something? Only after decisions are made about potential suitors do the masks come off. Isn't, Name it that called, show. isn't it called like Blind Date? No, that was a show in okay. the like uh, late 90s. Is it called uh, Behind the Mask? It's, it's a YMO song. Oh! Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask. Yeah, no, it's not YMO. It's called Behind the Mask. It's not a YMO reference. It's okay. not, a, not a YMO re- reference. So what's the uh, what's the show called? I heard about it. I haven't watched it. I haven't had the pleasure of watching. Not yet, because it hasn't come out yet. But it's okay. coming out, and What's it's it been called? it's it's uh it's been getting a lot of traction on Twitter. Sexy beast. Oh okay. Get ready. So they're like warthogs and yeah, so they're like bebop and rocksteady. Yeah, basically, and they go out on dates, All right. and then if they really like each other, if they have true chemistry. That's when the costumes come. What would off. you be? Would you be like a little fox or something? Yeah, like a or I can like see a you cat. being like a fox or like a koala or something. Oh, like koala! Cute. Yeah, <laughs> give me that some would be koala cute vibes with a bow tie. right now. Yeah. Nice. What would you be? 
don't know, like a goat or a bear or something. A bear. Definitely a bear. Yeah. Big grizzly one. All right, so uh, Sexy Beast is a Netflix upcoming dating reality series with a masked singer twist. Costumes include Smurf Demon and Beaver. Okay, this is a different show? No, that's, that's Sexy Beast. Okay, all right. Get ready. All right, I thought this was the next question. No, okay, next question. Let's do it. Almost, almost there. Blank looks at the highs and lows of the band members that make up a Muslim, a, a Muslim, sorry, a Muslim female punk band as seen through the eyes of Amina Hussein, a geeky PhD student who is recruited to be their unlikely lead guitarist. I, you stumped me. Is this like in the States or is it? It's it's now in the States. Okay. On Peacock. Wait, it's it's a documentary? It's a show. It's a show, but it's about it's about Muslim women in the States in a, a rock band. A, a Muslim punk band. Okay. A female Muslim punk Cause band. Because wasn't there, there was like a big punk band and like female punk band in like Pakistan or something. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. There's there's a few like throughout like the Middle East and South Asia. Oh yeah, definitely like yeah. And, uh, but they Iran. were famous that I like heard about. But this is like in the states. They're like. Well, there. This is a British show, but it's okay. gonna be. It's it's. We can watch it now. Okay. So we'll watch it this weekend. All right. I, I have no idea what it's called. It's called We Are Lady Parts. We Are Lady Parts. Is that the band's name? That's the Lady band's Parts. Name. Lady parts. And they come together to make a lady band. Yeah, so almost like Pussy Riot. Riot yeah. Pussy Riot from uh, Russia. So We Are Lady Parts is a new so show. That's the best on part of Peacock. Rami when when uh, his cousin's like, it's a, it's a soft ass, like Pussy Muslim. Muslim, yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, but so Full We circle. Are Lady Parts. Yes, We Are Lady Parts is being touted as a cross between This Is Spinal Tap and Rami. Okay. Um, and it's uh, it's set in London. Okay. Okay. So the next one, let's. So we'll be watching that. Um, the next one is in the show blank. Tim Robinson and guests spend each segment driving someone to the point of needing or desperately wanting to leave. I I don't know. We watched the first series and. The second one's coming out July 6th. Making people want to leave where? Do you give up? Sure. It's a show called, or a sketch show called, I Think You Should Leave. Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. The yeah, first yeah. one, I remember? There was like a baby competition. They all hated this one baby. And <laughs> it was really funny. Get yeah. off the stage! That was good. No, I was thinking like Tim Robbins. I was like... Oh, like Susan Sarandon's ex? Like from Bull Durham? No. And Shawshank? No. Who, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of a different Tim. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, we're tired. Let's go to the yeah. next one. All right. This there's, is the last one. one. All right. This is the last one. I think I'm gonna fail again. And then and then we'll go. We'll we'll. It's you know it's late. Anyway, this show blank 
explores our fascinating relationship with cats through the lens of some of the most remarkable and surprising cat people in the world. The, this docuseries reveals their tales. Okay. Coming out July seventh. Cat people. Exactly. Yes. It's called ding, ding, literally ding. cat yes. people. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Get ready. All right. We're gonna be watching it. It's complicated, but these are these are the this is the stuff that we're watching and will be watching. All right. Okay. So what's making you happy these days? I don't know. Summer. Summer's nice. It's been nice hanging out in Long Beach. Yeah, we've been hanging out in Long Beach this week. Long Beach is fun. Long so. Beach is fun. There's a um, if uh, if anyone's listening um, to the two people listening, there is uh, a place in Long Beach called Canadian Pizza, Ooh. and we took a picture of it and we thought it was funny. Yep. And that made me happy seeing Canadian Pizza because right. I'm very curious. But we're always there early in the morning, so I, I don't know how to get there, um, how to get a, a slice. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, thank you so much. This is awesome. Um, thanks to my guest uh, Megan Collins. Thank you to Sean for doing all the music and voices uh, in this episode. And we'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamp light trimmed and burning. Bye.